In today's episode of the post-game podcast, I'm going to be talking about some news around the league, including the Matthew Stafford trade that happened this past week, and also what on earth is going on with Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. And then, of course, we're going to get into what is going on tomorrow, which is Super Bowl 55. So stay tuned and let's get right into it. And welcome back into the postgame podcast. In case you were curious, that new intro music, that is from my good friend Jordan Spence. So if you guys can or if you guys want to, uh, go follow him on Spotify. He has some amazing music, super talented. Um, so yeah, he's he was willing to make me a new intro. Uh, so I'm super grateful, super thankful um, for that, for sure. Because now we get kind of a fancy, you know, official uh, intro. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I know it's been about a week and a half, um, but I had said in the last episode that we're changing it to Saturdays because of, you know, my actual job. Uh, I can't be recording on Wednesdays anymore, so now I get to record on Saturdays. Um, so yeah, which means that there's a lot that goes on during the week that I get to catch up every, myself and everybody else on on Saturday. Um, so in case you didn't know, for whatever reason, um, tomorrow is Super Bowl 55. Uh, it is the Kansas City Chiefs going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to be getting into the keys for each team to win in just a little bit. Um, but first, I'm going to get into some news. Uh, and the big one right off the bat, is what happened this past week, and that is Matthew Stafford being traded to the Rams for Jared Goff, two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Um, and the big question is, where does this leave each team? I think the big question is, how much better did the Rams get, and how better are the Lions prepared for the future? Because when you really are looking at it, what the Lions did was they got those two first-round picks, they got a third-round pick, and they got a younger quarterback that everybody agrees is on a very bad contract, is overpaid tremendously, um, and, you know, he's okay. He's not great. But also the problem with the Lions is that, you know, their top two wide receivers more than likely will not be coming back. Um, and on top of that, I mean, they have a lot of – older players and they're currently just in that weird spot of they're rebuilding but they're at the beginning of it to where they're trying to get all these older guys out rather than bring them in and there's a lot of guys on big contracts that probably shouldn't be there and I know last year they traded uh, Darius Slay to the Eagles which was a, a big thing that they needed to do but then even like, without Darius Slay, I mean, they still had Matthew Stafford, who they traded away. Um, and I know they have a couple of guys on their defense that I'm pretty sure they're more than likely going to ship out. Um, I don't think that they're going to bring back Adrian Peterson, which would be very strange if they did. I believe Carrion Johnson is also a free agent. Not 100% sure on that one, but I'm pretty sure that he is. Um, so they'll probably give most, if not all, of the running back work to DeAndre Swift, which, hey, I'm cool with that. I have him in fantasy, so I'm totally okay with him getting a lot of the work 
because I would enjoy that very much. Um, but with the Rams, I think that they got better. Is it awful that I think for, what, four or five years in a row that you won't have a first-round pick? Yeah, that's pretty bad. But um, they're kind of known for not necessarily hitting on those first-round picks other than a select few, but more or less hitting on the later round picks to turn them into somebody. Um, so I think for them, they're kind of like, yeah, we're all right. We got a good scouting group. We got a good uh, coaching staff that knows how to draft. Um, so I think that they'll be okay. I think they did get better. Um, the only thing is we get to see actually how good Matthew Stafford can be with a solid head coach and good receivers good tight end, good running back also. Hey, I'm also cool with it because I have Cam Akers. So, you know, I'm just, I'm pumped. It seems like my fantasy team is just getting better and better. Um, but I, I think the Rams did get better. Does it turn them into a title contender? I don't know. A lot of it has to do with can they keep any of their soon-to-be free agents on smaller deals so that they can keep them because they are way over the cap right now. And they definitely can't sign any free agents. So I'm just not sure because I know Leonard Floyd is one and then John Johnson. Um, John Johnson and Leonard Floyd both had amazing years this past year for that defense who was number one um, in defense. And I'm just curious to see is how they're going to play and how good they're going to be um so I guess we'll have to see if Matthew Stafford is really the tilting point for them um I I think that he can be I hope that he can be because I really want Matthew Stafford to be successful I really do um so I I think that this is probably where both team want wa both teams want to be uh also with the Lions I believe it's after two years they can cut Jared Goff and have no penalty for it so that's something to look out for so in two years from now we'll have to see if you know Jared Goff is even decent or starting <laughs> um but we'll have to see with that so next I'm going to talk about Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz um I am not sure what's going on Deshaun Watson obviously wants to get traded and came out and said he wanted to get traded, and then the coaching staff was like, no, we want we want Deshaun. It's like, yeah, we all know that you want Deshaun, but he doesn't want you, so you got to send him somewhere, man. And, I mean, they they got somebody who I'm pretty sure is like, I mean, cool, I get a head coaching gig, but uh, this isn't exactly where I wanted to be. And I don't blame him because nobody else wanted to touch that job, really. So I think I think Deshaun Watson will probably get traded in the off season, maybe during the draft or maybe right before the draft. That's my guess. Um I don't I don't see him being there at the beginning of, of next year. And then speaking of a guy who I don't see being there at the beginning of next year is Carson Wentz. Um he has not come out and said anything about his new head coach, which was kind of whatever, but a lot of people have been making that a big deal of he hasn't come out and supported his new head coach, so that means he doesn't want to be here. 
but it's also the fact that he's been radio silent about everything. Like, there is nothing that he is talking about at all. Um, and so, I'm, I don't know if curious is the right word, but I'm, a, maybe I'm a little, a little worried almost with Carson Wentz because, uh, there have been reports that Frank Reich has even said that he doesn't even want Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, which is interesting. Um, might just be the big contract, but there's a couple of rumors that he might get traded to the Raiders, um, which I don't know how that one's going to work out or happen because it would be Derek Carr more than likely getting traded for Carson Wentz, but then what are the Eagles going to do? Because they're not going to want Derek Carr. They're going to want Jalen Hurts if they're trading Carson Wentz, unless for whatever reason they do want Derek Carr. So I don't really know what's going on there. Um, I am all kinds of confused whenever it comes to that. Um, I don't know really where else Carson Wentz would end up going unless, I mean, what if somehow Deshaun Watson gets traded for Carson Wentz? That would be ridiculous, but I don't see that one happening ever. Um, the Carson Wentz one is a little bit more interesting because everybody is looking at it as he's on a terrible contract. He was one of the worst starting quarterbacks of last year. Um, and I forgot another, another possible landing spot is the bears, which would be really funny because Nick Foles is there. So that would be fun. I've seen a couple memes about it and it just being Carson Wentz shows up and he's like, who's this number nine Foles guy? Why is, why is he there? And they're like, Oh, that's your backup. And he's like, yeah, in Philadelphia. And he's, and they're like, no, here, like he's your backup here. So that'd be interesting. Um, I, I don't know how that would work. I'm curious to see how that would end up turning out because they would probably be like, uh, yeah, so Foles is still going to be your backup and I'll go, I don't want him as my backup. He's just going to replace me. Uh, and that's just hoping that he gets hurt, uh, is what that would turn into. <laughs> um, but I do think in my opinion, I think Carson Wentz still has a lot in him. I think this past year with Doug Peterson, there was a lot of lack of trust um, whenever it came to Doug Peterson and when it came to just the organization in general. Um, so I, I personally think Carson Wentz has a lot left in him. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be all right wherever he ends up going. And I'm hoping for his sake, that he is not with the Eagles next year. And that's just Jalen Hurts' team, and he doesn't have to worry about it. He gets shipped off somewhere else, and he it's better for his career. Um, so there's those things. The last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to news, and then we're going to get into the Super Bowl. Um, last thing I want to talk about is, is Justin Fields. And in case you don't know who Justin Fields is, he's a quarterback. Uh, who played for Ohio State um, the past two years. He originally went to Georgia, then transferred um, when Georgia decided to stay with Jake Fromm, which was dumb, personally, I think. Justin Fields is significantly significantly better than Jake Fromm is or was. Um, yeah, that's just me thinking that, but I think everybody agrees with that one. Um, you know, Justin Fields has been the number two guy and everything that he's done coming through high school. 
If you think about it, whenever he was in high school, he was the number two quarterback in his high school class, and he was behind Trevor Lawrence. And then they went to the Elite 11. Trevor Lawrence finished number one. Justin Fields finished number two. Going into college, everyone was like, okay, Trevor Lawrence number one, Justin Fields number two. And then at the beginning of this year, everybody said Trevor Lawrence is the number one quarterback going into next year's draft, and Justin Fields is number two. Well, now for some ridiculous reason, people are saying Justin Fields is number four or five whenever it comes to quarterbacks. And if you don't believe me, uh, I believe his name is, uh, I, I can't, I think it's like something Zerline or something like that. Um, he's an analyst for the NFL. He had Justin Fields falling all the way to number 15 in his mock draft. And I don't understand why exactly. Uh, Lance Zerline is his name, uh, the analyst at NFL.com. He has him all the way at 15, and I've seen him fairly late in a lot of drafts, and I don't understand how or why it, it doesn't to me. I mean, I'm seeing Trey Lance go out of him, um, and then also uh, Zach Wilson out of BYU, seeing him go ahead of him, and then obviously Trevor Lawrence. And really, as of late, it's been Zach Wilson and Justin Fields being compared who's number two, who's number three. Now, in you have even Trey Lance going ahead of him, which is ridiculous. Trey Lance, yes, has been kind of one of those big-name guys for the past couple of years, but Justin Fields has been the number two quarterback in his draft class and in his high school recruit, recruiting class for a reason, and that's because Justin Fields is not, he's not bad at being a quarterback. He is very, very good. And so for me, I have Trevor Lawrence, obviously, as the number one quarterback. And then I have Justin Fields at number two and not significantly far from Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is definitely the number one quarterback. But I don't see him miles and miles ahead of Justin Fields. I see Justin Fields being there, but obviously not quite as good as Trevor Lawrence. Um, But I just think this whole thing where... Justin Fields, it seems like he's experiencing scouting fatigue because everybody is just like, oh my gosh, we've seen him forever. Why don't we look at these other guys? Oh wow, Zach Wilson, he's looking like he's really good. It's like, yeah, Zach Wilson does look really good, but you know who also has looked really good all throughout high school and even beat Trevor Lawrence and Clemson in the playoffs and did so while he was injured the entire time? Oh yeah, Justin Fields. Justin Fields did that, guys. So let's let's go back and let's look at Justin Fields' play rather than going, okay, well, let's go watch Trey Lance and let's go watch Zach Wilson and then let's barely, slightly watch Justin Fields and just go, oh, yeah, automatically, Zach Wilson looks like a lot more fun. Zach Wilson could very well be an amazing quarterback, but to me right now, I have watched some tape. I've, I've watched games of everybody, except for Trey Lance, I've seen a little bit of him, but not a whole lot, Um, so I can't speak too much about him, but to me, I I just don't see there being 
two quarterbacks that are better than him. I see one, and that's Trevor Lawrence, and I see Justin Fields as number two. So that's just, for me, I know later on uh, during the offseason, I'll be getting more into, like, my draft stuff, and and maybe we'll have some people on um, that will also talk about their drafts and mock drafts and all that kind of stuff, and we'll do a mock draft episode, um, and we'll save that for later. But that's just something that this past week I've been listening and watching, and I'm like, wow, these people just hate Justin Fields, apparently, because I don't understand at all what is going on. Um, but yeah, so that that's pretty much it for news. Uh, now we're going to get into the keys for each team to win in Super Bowl 55. I'm super excited for this, for this Super Bowl. Um, I think either way I would have been excited, so it really doesn't matter. But to me, um, having Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes uh, facing off against each other is going to be super cool. This is Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl that he's ever been in, and this is Mahomes' second straight Super Bowl that he's been in. So I, I'm excited to see this new coming of what could possibly be the greatest of all time with Patrick Mahomes against the what everybody sees as the greatest of all time with Tom Brady and seeing how these two teams will face off. Um, so I'm going to get into the keys now, and we're going to start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, my first one is keep Mahomes upright. He was sacked only twice in their game in January. Um, I believe it was in like the end of January um, or something like that. But <laughs> honestly, or no, it wasn't January. Sorry, it was not January. I think it was November, something like that. Um, but either way, he was sacked twice in their game that they played earlier in the season. Um, and honestly, they need to keep it to two sacks or less because the Buccaneers defense is crazy. Shaq Barrett is an absolute monster. Uh, you have, uh, Jason Pierre Paul, who's been playing like a beast. Uh, I believe he was, I think he's in the Pro Bowl this year even though the Pro Bowl is all weird this year. Um, but this defense is super special with the Buccaneers. So keeping Mahomes upright with two backup tackles, which I believe is the first time ever in Super Bowl history that a team is coming out and they have both of their tackles as backup tackles. Neither one of them were the original starters for the season. Um, fun fact for you. Um but with the Chiefs, another thing that I think that they need to do is keep Tyreek and Kelsey uh, involved in any way possible. Um, you need to manufacture touches for both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, whether that's little screens, little dump-off passes, um, push passes, whatever you need to do for them. Keeping those two guys involved as much as possible because while, yes, they have a really good offense, I know Clyde Edwards-Alaire is back, but he's not 100% healthy. Le'Veon Bell is not 100% healthy. You have those guys, and then you have um, a couple of your other receivers, Sammy Watkins, McCole um, Hardman. I think if they need, if if they want to win, and they want to not only win but be comfortable while while winning, they need to keep Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey involved in any way, shape, and form. And I think that's really important, and that's kind of obvious. But sometimes some teams just kind of go away with what's obvious, and they try to do too much. 
Um, and then on top of that, uh, what they need to do, and this is something that I wasn't really that aware of before the playoffs, was um, the amount of blitzes that they have for their safety. So like Tyron Matthew and uh, I believe it's uh, Juan Thornhill, I believe is who it is. Um, Keeping those guys in as safeties and blitzing with those safeties, I think, is super important. That's how they, I think, honestly, they kept Josh Allen off balance and kept him just kind of not all there and not really ready for it. Um, so I, I think that that's really how they'll end up winning uh, this game on the defensive side. Also on the defensive side, I think what they need to do is get pressure on Tom Brady that's a lot easier to say than to get done. This offensive line has been terrific, and including Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs has been like all pro level type of lineman, and and you know he's kind of getting recognized for it, but not fully. And I think that's something that they really need to do in in order to um, obviously to win the game, but also just to keep kind of a, a foothold on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So those are my keys for the Chiefs to win. Uh, now my keys for the Buccaneers, uh, similar to how the Chiefs need to keep Holmes up, um, the Buccaneers need to keep Tom Brady up. He was only sacked once in the previous matchup, but if he gets pressured too much, um, he's going to kind of be a little bit hesitant, and, and I think that he's going to be a little bit skittish. I know in their last game against the Buccaneers, or not against the Buccaneers, against the Packers. Um, Tom Brady just was hesitant on a lot of throws. He was getting pressure, and when, when pressure was getting to him, he was throwing errant passes. He had three interceptions in that game, and honestly, and, and this is another point, if he throws even more than one pick in this game, I think the game is over. So Tom Brady really needs to cut down on the mistakes that he made in their last game against the Packers because you can't make those same mistakes against Mahomes. You just can't. This offense is too fast and, and just too explosive in order. Like, if you were to make, you know, two interceptions, three interceptions, or a couple fumbles or something like that, and you were going against a lot of other teams, I think you'd be okay and you could possibly still win, but not against Mahomes, not against the guy who... I mean, he can just click it on in in a second and all of a sudden throw two bomb touchdowns and now you're down by 20 or 21 instead of only being down by seven or six or something like that. So honestly, I, I just I I see the Buccaneers and I I'm a little bit hesitant from what happened in their last game just because while yeah, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, and I think that's in a lot of people's books. Um, you can't play the way that you played last in your last game and play the same way against the Chiefs because they are a totally different breed of a team. Um, so another point that I have for the Buccaneers is make sure you blitz Mahomes and make him uncomfortable. If you can't get to him and you can't sack him, what you need to do is make him uncomfortable. Um one thing is I know his ankle has been kind of iffy the past couple of weeks. Um, there was a lot of just, I guess, 
hesitancy about about his ankle and about how much he can move and it seemed pretty good against the Bills but nobody was quite sure about what was happening with him or if he was okay um so making him uncomfortable I'm not saying take out his ankle I'm not saying anything like that because I don't wish an injury upon anybody but I the least you can do is just make him uncomfortable make him move around more make sure that his feet aren't set and that's the same thing with Brady and that's what I think the Chiefs are going to try to do is you know even if you can't get to Tom Brady, make him uncomfortable. And that's the exact same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Well, Mahomes is better outside of the pocket and on the run than Brady is. It's still making him uncomfortable in those moments. Um, and so that's another big thing. And then another one is attack the linebackers as much as possible uh, for the Buccaneers against the Chiefs. So unlike the Buccaneers, the Chiefs' weak, point of their defense is that linebacking core and if you can attack that middle of the field which I know they have Gronk they have Antonio Brown as long as he's healthy uh Chris Godwin um if you can attack that middle of the field you will be set up to succeed with that offense because if you can get those linebackers just they're not anything special they're linebackers in the NFL, yes, so that means they're very good athletes, but that also means that they can be compared to other linebackers, and compared to other linebackers, they're not they're not so great. Um, so I think for the Buccaneers, it's attacking those linebackers. The corners, you can kind of attack to a point, but sometimes they have those good games, sometimes they don't. Um, the safeties, I, I don't think you want to try to go over the top, so Scotty Miller probably won't have a big day, my guess. Um, I personally, and we'll get into my prediction, personally, I think the Chiefs are going to win. The Buccaneers have a lot more things that they need to get right and do um, in order to win the game than the Chiefs do. The Chiefs kind of is just keep it basic, do what you have been doing, and you'll be fine. But with the Buccaneers, it's, hey, you need to do what you have been doing, but then, hey, do a little bit extra because you're going to need it. You're You're going to need some help here, guys. And, you know, maybe maybe they'll be okay, maybe they won't be okay. You never really know until tomorrow. Um, so those are my keys for each team to win. Now we're going to get into my box score predictions, um, and then we're going to end the show. Um, so for my prediction, I have the Chiefs winning against the Buccaneers, and I have the score as the Chiefs, I have scoring 34, and the Buccaneers, I have scoring 27. I have the Super Bowl MVP going to Patrick Mahomes, um, just to throw some random stats and hopefully they stick. Uh, I have Mahomes with 355 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And I have the Buccaneers with uh, 27 points, obviously. And then I have Tom Brady uh, throwing 370 yards. So I have him throwing, uh, what, 15 more yards than Patrick Mahomes. I have him also throwing three touchdowns, but I have him throwing two interceptions. Um, and I think that's going to be the big thing is he'll probably – this is my guess of how I think it'll run down is it's going to be close and they drive down the field and he goes to throw a big bomb and it's going to get picked off and that'll be the second interception and that's how the game's going to end. That's my guess, my prediction. Uh, you can say I'm right if you want. You can say I'm wrong if you want. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but yeah, so that is this week's episode and I'm going to be trying to keep it a little bit shorter 
Um, try not to, you know, make it 40 minutes long. I'm going to be trying to make it around 30. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoy that part of it. But next week, I believe we're going to be having uh, a special guest. His name is Dylan Ort. Um, he's one of my good friends, and he also loves talking about football. So we're going to be talking about some football, hopefully debuting a new segment, which is interesting. Um, so if you guys can, uh, follow me on Spotify. You can also uh, follow my personal accounts. You can also follow the postgame podcast uh, Instagram page as well. Uh, also, share this with somebody um, and just, you know, I hope you guys enjoy, uh, but I'll leave it with that. But you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys have a great Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I'll catch you in the next one. Peace out, guys.